This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Wednesday, 3rd of April, 2019. I've put nine on the notes. In today's show, we discuss the fans' forum. We catch up on all the latest games between the last show. And Tim gives us an update with all the goings-on internally at Bloomfield Road. I'm John Aspinall, and this is the Seasiders Podcast, episode 129, The State of Play and Holloway. Even all you Seasiders fans out there on the pod and on the live stream, late again, 15 minutes late due to technical problems, but um, we've overcome them in the end thus far. Uh, joining us in the studio is, as ever, Mr Nick Smith. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, John. Great to be here as ever. And the board member is, uh, the non-executive board member, Mr Tim Fielding, is once again with us. Thanks, Tim. No problem. In your nice orange... Uh, orange. Is that a, t- orange. Tangerine, actually. I've been, I've been sound like Ian Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did mention Holloway on the uh, on the intro. There, there was a a piece went out a couple of weeks ago, so we'll be discussing that later. We're going to discuss the last few games, uh, and we're going to kick off with. If I can reach right over there, let's take this in reverse chronological order. Um, Blackpool on Doncaster one, quite a while back now. Tuesday night, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, after the Lord Mayor's show. Yeah, I got, I got home very late from work. I think I got spot for about ten past seven. And I was like, can I be asked going? It was freezing, wasn't it? it was snow. But then I, I saw you can watch it on the iFollow yep. platform, which I did. So I watched it with my feet up. Um, game wasn't great, was it? By all accounts, did you own it? Yeah, I did, yeah. Very, uh, the conditions obviously didn't help. It was extremely windy and, and blustery. Uh, I actually thought we played okay, Considering the conditions, um, I think their goal was probably wind-assisted in the second half. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't brilliant. Again, you know, you've got a bobbly pitch, windy conditions. It's uh, it's never going to be a classic. Just moved over on the live stream. You get half my head in. <laughs> <laughs> You're better where you were before. We couldn't yeah. see you. Face for radio. <laughs> 
Anything to add to the uh, Donny game, Tim? No, I mean, um, obviously, probably the, the most the thing that resonates with you most is obviously there was a almost a halving of the crowd from, from the Saturday, which was perhaps a little disappointing, but not too unexpected. I think I think it was almost like a, the South End game was like the type of, they got people going there that would just turn up for playoff games, wouldn't they? And oh, well, like yeah. That. I mean, my wife was there. I think it's a, probably in the second game she's she's been to in her life. And I think that was a bit of a, just a release, wasn't it? And mm. a, a farewell to the Oysters. And it was always going to drop. And I think you you take the, the weather into account as well. Um Exiles, it's it's difficult for a Tuesday night, isn't it? Um, Farewell to the Oysters. That's a very diplomatic choice well, of words. Well, I was going to say something else <laughs> beginning with F, but <laughs> I'm bearing it. You know, we're going out live, so you can't edit it. <laughs> you say what you want. <laughs> we're not in the BBC, mind you. We've got, you we've got a board member. Do you not think that was like a little bit like more like a, a normal game? It's like a, you, you, you mm. felt like you were you were back watching back Blackpool like the, you would normally would yeah, do, rather than it being a carnival, night. which isn't normal, yeah, is it? No. Same old shit. <laughs> <you mean>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well. I was, that's one way I was trying to put a positive spin on it. Well, like you say, it's freezing, so it, it, you kind of sat there, and it's difficult to get the atmosphere going, isn't mm. it? Compared to when it's a Saturday game and everyone's had eight pints. Um, there, there, yeah. there wasn't there, Doncaster's turnout was poor. I thought, I, I thought they'd be, you know, probably more like seven or eight hundred, and yeah. it was it was half that. And I don't think that helped with the atmosphere either, because you've, you know, there's there's hardly any away fans there. Yeah. But uh, I mean, e- you know, equally, while the atmosphere wasn't as good as it was on the Saturday, you know that that um, the, the the grouping in the north of those who want to it definitely makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and it was still there, and it's um, you know I think that's something moving forward that hopefully we can get the south and the north bouncing off each other, um, and um, you know and there's a tempo to it which I think the players players must like. Yeah, to, I think it helps as well when. Because normally the, the crowd kind of respond to the the play, don't they? And it, it needs something to happen to get the crowd going. Whereas yeah. certainly since we've gone back, there's kind of been that that constant singing right the way through for ninety minutes. And like I say, for the players, it probably gives them gives them a bit of a boost. You know, even if things aren't going too well, it uh, you know it keeps the atmosphere up. Yeah. So moving on swiftly, on we went for a Burton almost there. Uh, did literally go for Burton at Burton, 3-0. Uh, Tim, I believe you went. You were one of those unfortunate souls that went to what's even the stadium called there, do you know? Oh, Pirelli? Is it? It might be, actually. It was. Uh, they yeah. get renamed every 12 months, a lot of them now, don't Yeah, they? it was... Um, I mean, what the, what the thing that, no, that I noticed was, um, compared to the last time we went to Burton, which I think was on, <clears throat> it's on New Year's Day, or it was the last time I remember going mm. to Burton, let's put it that way. Um, when there was quite a decent crowd on 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 about seven hundred and fifty Blackpool, and their ends were fairly full and quite raucous, very quiet. There's probably I don't know what the crowd was, probably two and a half thousand there, five hundred from Blackpool. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot to commend it. To be honest, it was a, a drove down, watch. You know, there's a, there's a decent pub to go in, and then it was all downhill from there. Really. <laughs> What's the stadium like? Is it like a kind of a Lego brick kind of? Yeah, it's like uh, like a smaller version of Scunthorpe, I would say. It's very probably, compact, isn't it? Yeah, actually, um, terraces on three sides. Mm, and right, not a crappy stadium like Oxford. Um, I've got I've got to drop that in because I work with an Oxford fan, and I've got a dissy stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, Steve, this one's for you. Have they still got the the where they've got, they've got? Is it behind the goal? They've got no stands. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we can resonate with that a bit, can't we? <laughs> we can't. But yeah, we were, having a, we were having an argument at work. He was like almost inferring we were kind of a tin pot um, club. Well, not tin pot, but uh, of a kind of lesser stature. But I was educating him 
So I've got Wikipedia up saying, do you not realise we were in the League One, League Two, the majority, majority of our existence? So it was quite funny. Yeah. I got up their stats and they didn't, they weren't actually a league club till the 60s. So uh, one for me there. Anyway, we digress. Bradford, uh, we went to Bradford and ran out 4-1 winners and it was in a fantabulous performance by all accounts. Am I, did you go? No, I didn't, no. Oh, all right, no, you went. <laughs> well, pretty unloyal, me. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, at least I've been to home games, John, not thought after one of them, I'll sack it off and watch it on iFollow. Didn't take long. Feet up. It didn't take long, did it? it Ooh, Champions League's on. It's Tuesday night. I've not had my tea. Bit windy. Some of us work in distant places and don't get back till. Uh, where where do you work? Is it Lon- London? Yeah, uh, yeah it's just Cornwall. in the northwest somewhere. Man- <laughs> Manchester, isn't it? It's uh, what, what I would say um, about Bradford, obviously, um, whilst I think the crowds have dipped off a bit, understandably there with them being bottom of the league, you know, I think there's still 17,000, 18,000 there. And they, do, they still do the. Uh... They do a hundred pound season ticket, or they did do for. I think it was. I can't remember it was now. It was one hundred and thirty, one hundred and fifty. But that's yeah. like. I think that's up in the gods, um, and it's only one part of the ground. Right. But, you know, they're still um, they're very, very quiet, but um, a decent. De- obviously, it's a very. I think it's seats nearly thirty thousand, doesn't it? The stadium full. It's, it's a big it, ground. Isn't yeah. it almost like Fleetwood though, where they pay their fans tomorrow? Let's go. So very cheap, isn't it? To they watch were, I think the the rationale man, it was like a secondary spend, wasn't it? Get them buying shirts and spending it and and make them as right. cheap as and inclusive as possible. But it's um, whether it works as a business model or not, I'm not too sure. But um, well, I would say, I mean, they are very, very poor. I mean. Um, uh, before we go back to the game, I listened to Gary Bowyer on BBC Radio Leeds after the game, and uh, he almost he was seething. And uh, so, well, <clears throat> our performance then has to be put in context of who we're playing. Mm. But you know, anybody who's seen the goals on Quest or or on any of the other links that you can get Sky and whatever, um, they're all quality. There was some great strikes, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, Did Bowyer get a good reception? Yeah, he, came, he, he uh, before the game and uh, I think after the game as well. Um, uh, particularly before the game, he got he got a very good reception, and uh, the atmosphere generally in the in the Blackpool and obviously winning four one, we're bound to yeah um, uh, uh, be fairly happy with that. But the atmosphere all the way through was great, and it, pre- it felt like a proper away game. It was it, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's getting that connection back, isn't it? Yeah. You know, now that the Oysters have gone. That was one get. I mean, it's, it, it takes you that few games. I think some people have said they haven't got the connection, but I think you actually have to give it a number of games. Mm. And, you know, you, the, even now, you know, you, you watch the game and there's certain players on the pitch you're not quite sure who they are. And where five or ten years ago, you wouldn't even have had a second thought about who it was on the pitch. You're looking and saying, who's that? Who's... But I, I'm, I'm getting there now and yeah. I'm sure other It's people, just time, isn't it? Like you say, it's it's still knowing who the players are and you kind of not got that, why is he not playing and why is he on the bench and why is he playing out of position? Because we've not seen enough of it. Yeah. And that just comes with games, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, so we had um, uh, we had Evans who put in a, a great cross for the first goal for Grandjolet with his, with his head, sort of a decent finish. And then, as I remember them, um, Matty Virtue scored the. That was a decent run, wasn't it? And he was kind of looking for who we could pass it to, and it just kept opening up in yeah. front of him. Well, all through the game, actually, we found that um, Bradford, particularly in the middle, you could just go just walk, walk up. through yeah. them without any problems at all. So we had. He um, uh, reminded me actually a little bit of Charlie Adam uh, in his prime with us. That, he just that got, Preston goal. Yeah, when he just and, kept and, running and forward. Forest, Forest away, I think, as mm, well, yeah. once, and where he just runs and runs and, and goes one way, goes the other way. Obviously left foot rather than right foot, but then buries it into a corner. 
and uh, really, really impressed with that one. Um, and then, as as I recall, the third one was Delfonso running through, and then he yeah. just he just laid it off, didn't he, for a finish? I'm trying to think who scored that Chris, one. Though. Chris Taylor got the Chris fourth, Taylor. didn't he? Was that? Yeah, I might have got the, the order mixed up. And then oh, yeah, Gran- and then Grandjali came in with another header, didn't he, for um, for his second? So he was he he, he he put himself about a lot. And to be honest, all the games I've watched, I think Grandjali's put himself about a lot. And it's it's you know making sure if he's got the end product like he. Like had against Bradford, he'll um, he, he, he can do great things. You know that that's where that's where it's, that's uh, it was. It was it was rubbish against Plymouth, though. It was garbage. I think. Uh, well, he didn't yeah. fancy it for me. Mm. He's too inconsistent. On the, well. I think that's the thing, isn't it? You, it's kind of one game you think great, and the next one it's not quite there. But you, you've got to give a striker like that the right kind of service, haven't you? It needs to be crosses for him to mm. to get on the end yeah. of. You know, and he'll win it and in the And, and those, and those two games at Bradford, he got pinpoint crosses onto his head. Yeah. And, and and they were great. Well, all four goals I thought were great finishes. So, um, you know, you, you leave the, you're leaving the ground really happy. You know, there's, there's, so there's, I don't know how many Blackpool went, but they were very very loud. Um, and uh, great three points. And uh, it's if only we could replicate some of that with our home form. Mm. Um, do you think that's something to do with the state of the pitch? Um, obviously, we, we obviously we got dicked at Burton, but uh, by all accounts, it was a decent performance at Accrington. Very good performance at Bradford, and they're having to play. Are they having to play a kind of a different brand of football based on what you've seen at home? I, I somebody put this to me the other day, and I think there's something in it. In that, I think because Blackpool players know how bad the pitch is, they're a little bit reticent because mm. they could. I think particularly the goalkeepers. I think they think when this ball's coming back to them, we've got to watch. For in that fact, did you, did you see that? And that's. I think it was their goal. Did you see it in the game yeah. against uh, Plymouth when? Just a normal back pass is coming. You should have seen the bobble it took just before he hit it. He yeah. dealt with it quite well, but yeah. uh, the, the the pitch is in a very very poor state mm. at the moment. And um, even, even you know from the interim board are, are, are more than aware that that's a, a major issue that's very very close, if not the top of the list, to be sorted out as soon as the season ends and and as soon as we've got that that rugby league uh, weekend out of the way um, because it get it dug up. <laughs> And we we've got um, uh, we're waiting for some reports from um, uh, turf consultants at the moment about the best way of dealing with it, and obviously we've got to make sure that it ties in with the finances that we're working with, because uh, you know it's no great secret we've got to um, trade in profit, and and not only to demonstrate to the EFL that we shouldn't get points deduction, but just because of the reality of the situation that we're in. So, but it, it, in all the discussions we've had. There's a recognition that it needs dealing with, mm. and um, uh, and I think um, you know Terry must be very frustrated having to play on that, and I think it's reflected, as you say, I think it's reflected in the performances we've seen at home. All right, so swiftly moving on to the the Plymouth game itself, then um, we started very poorly, mm. as we have been starting quite badly in uh, you know quite a few home games, and uh, it was really just lame defending for their opener. Is it- just uh, yeah. just kind of just I don't know, ball into the box, not dealt with, and yeah, and he just got ahead and flicked yeah, it, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, we, like you say, we were a bit a bit slow starting. Um, I think he's their top scorer, isn't he? The guy who got their opener for them, I think. Um, reasonably decent player, but it was poor from us, poor defending, definitely. And, uh, so that was one nil. Uh, second half, we started very poorly in the second half. Yeah. They should have been two 0 up straight away, almost yeah. when people came back in the seats. Uh, yeah, I mean, just it, whistled past the post, the shot from the edge of the box, was it? I just thought all the way through that that game, we they every time we had the ball, they they seemed to be closing down, <laughs> closing, closing us down in a way that 
led us to make mistakes. And yet when they got the ball, they seemed to have all the time in the world. Mm. And um, it's just one of those games where you never thought you were going to get anything out of it for me. And uh, um, the type of game where you you might think about leaving your seat before the end of the game. Well, well, even. we'll come back to that in a minute, Tim. Um, you've just reworked. <laughs> just... <laughs> You've just reminded me, um, half-time, um, there was obviously the new bottle bars that mm. were open. Um, I was in the south, uh, some with me and a, my family and a few of my friends, so um, I was comp- I was very bored of the uh, what was going on <laughs> pitch, so I went down like 10 minutes before, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll top up, I'll go and have a pint. Mm. Like Horrendous queues, and that bottle bar had run out, it had run out mm. of beer. Um, but yeah, the, the queues are really bad under the south, aren't they? It's like the... I was watching the woman pouring the beer, and it comes out of the pipe so slowly. Mm. I mean, is, is there nothing they can do with that? Can't we? We want get those. Dis- get, we want those Tottenham yeah, ones, don't we? Where yeah. they fill up from the bottom with the magnets in. Yeah, well, I think again, it's, it's probably something that's on the agenda, isn't it? But there's a lot to sort. I mean, we we went to the bottle bar. This is the most important and- issue. Though, <laughs> yeah, let's be fair. Time pipe. True. <laughs> uh, me and Jim went to the bottle bar in the north. Were we? Um, and it was no problem at all. We got served straight away. Oh, did, did they yeah. not run out there? Well, they hadn't at the time when did we went. And it no. was only maybe five minutes before after right. or something like that. Was there a big queue? No. And there wasn't in the West either. You could, because um, yeah, I was then. Right in the half time, I walked around to the West one before I went to right. the it South It was the top one. of the West we went to, actually. We walked just round and went through the first entrance uh, yeah. into the West on the left. And it was it was absolutely fine. I think yeah. possibly in the South, it's because that corner bar and, you know, the, the South East area, that's all blocked off, isn't it? So you can't have like an overspill of people going in there because there yeah, is a the, bar through well, there. Well, the main, the, obviously, the we, we originally had the Seasiders bar, yeah. didn't we, which took all the pressure yeah, off the kiosk. Suppose, yeah. One of the reasons for bringing these bottle bars in is to relieve the pressure on the kiosk again as a short-term measure. And they, they will work. Obviously, the first week, there was always going to be a few issues. I turned mm. up um, after I'd been to the uh, Excelsior to just to check how they were going on and there was this massive long queue and the guy's got a card machine that's all of a sudden decides to stop working. So I had to go dashing Where into Where was the, that? In, in the south. south, yeah. So right. I had to go dash into the club shop to get one. Uh, so he could he could get going again, and then it, then it worked fine. Is there just one bottle bar then in the south? Just yes, the one? I mean yeah. I think what I think what we've got to look at is probably the reason they're doing they're doing um, a, a better job and lasting longer in the west. Is it's probably demographic that there's more people in the south mm, and the north yeah. drinking beer. Yeah, than, uh, than no, in, in coffee and all flask, serious, flask drinkers aren't they in the west? <laughs> there probably is, and, and and there's also I think if you look at the numbers of people that are in the south. Because there's two in the west, one on either side, mm. and of course the middle of the west is where the hospitality is. They might be going upstairs anyway. Yeah. So if you look at the numbers, there's probably more heading to the south and the, yeah. and the north. So get get a wallpaper pasting table, stick a <laughs> stick a green baize over it, a few cool boxes full of well, we'll, 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 we will be looking. We'll look at so if 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 it carries on being a problem, we'll look, I'm it's sure a nice we'll, problem to have though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We, we've. Yeah, we're I think looking, bigger ones to sort. We're in. looking at other <laughs> solutions in the south, which will, which realistically be for next season. But the fact that it it sold out before half time on the first day shows that there's the demand yeah. for it. What we're going to make sure next week uh, for Peterborough is that it doesn't run out because there's nobody more frustrated than I was that it did because it was one of the things I wanted in there. And then when you come down at half time and the guy shut up because he's 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 cool, his fridge is he's empty. It, um, it's not what you want to be seeing. So. We'll learn from that. There'll be bigger orders placed. We know now what the demand is. Mm. And um, let's hope that, you know, it's there for those who want it. And it means that you do get your beer if you want one. And you can actually drink it half-time rather than spend the whole half-time in the queue. Maybe the uh, demand for beer is uh, 
there's a correlation to the quality of uh, football on pitch. In the <laughs> well, they do. If you've got a scintillating game going on, then yeah. I'm fairly sure that um, people will stay in the seats. Uh, but there was a definite migration, <laughs> shall we say, starting about half past three. Yes, when the uh, second goal went in for Plymouth. Was it corner, was it? And it was just almost a free header, wasn't it? You could I can't just see it coming. It. He just. Happened? Yeah, it was a corner, I think, wasn't it? And guy just headed it in. Yeah, we, we seem to we seem to defend a lot badly, of set, don't we? Poor, well, very poor at set pieces, yeah. aren't we? Considering yeah. we had the best defence in the country, what yeah. six weeks ago, four weeks ago? Yeah, obviously that's been disrupted a bit um, in the in the period since um, uh, the receiver came in. We've not had really had a settle back for, um, but and then and then we had we had the fantastic just save. Come a bit nearer to the mic, Tim, if you can. We uh, we had the fantastic save, didn't we, from uh, from the free kick? Just yeah. probably 10, 15 minutes yeah. from the end. Which um, ultimately, I think, proved to be the the game. Well, changer. yeah. Well, I mean, at the time, I thought, well, it's a great save, but ultimately, it doesn't really matter. But um, what a turnaround! The uh, first, well, the first goal was a, it was like a cross from the, was it a cross? And he, he just kind of volleyed it in, standing volley almost, yeah. wasn't it? On his drilled. on his on his weaker foot as well, clearance, wasn't it? And he just drilled it into the bottom corner. Joe mm. Dodu is that is that you pronounce? No, bowler, 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 yeah. bowler. Were you there, were you there John? <laughs> I was drinking. I was half pissed on all these bottles of lager. <laughs> anyway, Same double. Yeah, but uh, yeah, what a goal, eh, Nick? <laughs> yeah, great, great finish. Uh, but, so, yeah, <laughs> but he, Nick, even better though. I mean, the equaliser came. Oh. Uh, Naya Kirby, what's his name? Kirby. Kirby came off the bench, mm. put himself about, popped a ball, sort of a uh, a nothing ball, almost just into the box, a hopeful ball, if anything, and. Who would you believe it? Curtis Tilt to uh, do... Absolute worldy, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. What a goal. Is it one of the best goals you've ever seen at Bloomfield Road, Nick? It's one of the best goals I've never seen. <laughs> because when Plymouth had their free kick that hit the post, I and I never normally leave that early. Uh, you normally say to Jim, we go, we, we head down after about 90 minutes and kind of stand by the tunnel for the last couple and then go. And uh, that happened and I just thought, oh, we're not getting anything out of this game. Mm come on, let's go, and literally just got outside the ground, and we got the first, and then just as we were getting back in the car, you heard the massive roar, and uh, then I started getting a few texts saying, like, you need to see the goal, and uh, yeah, it was it was a tremendous finish, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, actually, I think um, uh, I think uh, Curtis Tilt put a tweet out on Sunday, something along the lines of, when you spend all Sunday re-watching your goal. <laughs> yeah. It was on Sky and everything, special things. He was retweeting yeah. everything, yeah. the links to it. and uh, there was lots of angles of it, wasn't there? I think when you're a defender and you score a goal like that, yeah. you know, you, you've got to lap it up, haven't you? Because, um, uh, and, it, and it really, <clears throat> there's, um, uh, we, we, we'd got the first one back, but I still couldn't see us really getting anything out of it. And little girl sat in front of me said to her mum, you know, we're going to get that. We're going to score in the last minute again. It's like last time, aren't we, mummy? And I thought you have been a bit optimistic. Because mm. we didn't really deserve it, did it? We, we yeah. didn't We didn't play well enough to get a draw. No. No, I would have um, thought, no. You'd be gutted if you were a Plymouth fan. Yeah. And I, I was just mentioning Plymouth fans. I thought they were superb on Saturday. Yeah, they generated a good atmosphere, oh, didn't they? Yeah. They always travel in... Yeah, nothing to play well, for as well, really, didn't they? And like you say, a very mm. good following. Yeah, it must have been. I think said they said six hundred. Probably really. got quite a few exiles as well, like we have. Yeah, I think I think that's part. I know, but they'd sold because I actually thought there might have been a few more of them because they'd sold five hundred tickets beforehand. And, and but they, but there was this thing that the exiles just pay on the day, and so you mm. probably 
go for, but there, there wasn't that many more. But what but what an atmosphere they created, and yeah, it was. I think the uh, you know the home parts of the north fed off that as well. I think, and um, yeah, I think it's what you need, isn't it? Because you've got the away fans, and it, it just generates a better atmosphere, doesn't it? If there's yeah. a there's a few hundred away fans there. Yeah. Are you going to be in there permanently then? Nick, the north is that where you? Probably for the rest of the season, um, and obviously we'll wait to see what what we do for next season. It'll be a season ticket, but uh, just waiting to yeah. see what what the prices are as well. Yeah, well, that's uh, well <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of the things I'm, I'm one <laughs> things I'm topic. <laughs> one of the things I'm quite keen on on looking at the north is is the option of an unreserved seat season mm. ticket, so you can just turn up and sit with your mates so, so rather have this big scramble so that you can all get, all, sat, all get sat together you can you can turn up and it'd be almost like first come first served yeah our only issue is going to be with it it has to be across the five blocks because of the way it works right um we can't just do it like i said with block a or block b it yeah. would have to be the whole lot well people can make the choice then they can't they? they've got plenty of the rest of the ground if yeah. they want to you know sit somewhere specific every other week and if not it's well what, well, what we want what i want to see i want us to have um and not 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 in a, not in a uh, unpleasant way, but what we want to have an intimidating atmosphere. We always used to have where mm. opposition managers used to comment on 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 what an atmosphere we created, and and I want us to be able to do that. And the Plymouth manager commented on Saturday, didn't he? he just said he, you know he felt that our, that the hope, the fans sucked the ball in the back of the net, yeah. And that that's that's what we want to be looking looking for for me, um, because even if you don't want to be in the middle of that, it's still great whether it, whether you're a corporate sponsor whether you yeah. whether you're a, a family turning up with kids um or or, or whatever age you are the, the atmosphere there's very few people who, who would say oh i don't want that i don't want all that noise and all and you know most yeah, people why wouldn't you yeah. most people thrive off and most certainly the players will absolutely um so it make it, it, it make for me it make, it's, it's all part of of the match day experience and uh so if we can encourage um that section of the fan base who want to get involved in 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 the the have been involved in that chanting together i think that 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 will help the football club and the players and the manager Absolutely. and um and everything else that we want to see at bloomfield road and when do you think we there might be an announcement for for season ticket prices when when might it be decided i can, I can say with some certainty it will be, it, it will likely be before fleetwood i don't think they'll go on sale before fleetwood but i think there'll be an announcement um, I think we'll start to see the the marketing roll out um, either at the Peterborough game or straight after it. Um, uh, and uh, the more specifics as regards what decisions have been made will become apparent before Fleetwood. No, no it, it genuinely no final decisions have been made yet. Um, what I would say is, you know, we, we've got to be realistic here. Uh, so obviously I've seen various threads on AVFTT about you know, experimenting with the Bradford model of, of very cheap season tickets and trying to fill the ground. But the reality is, is that that's a decision for a new owner, not an interim board. Mm-hmm. We've got to, you know, leave as many options open as we can for a new, for a new owner as possible. And, and that could actually put people off who otherwise might be mm-hmm. interested, particularly if the experiment doesn't work. So we can't, we haven't, we haven't got the capital backup um, to, to actually to say, experiment like 50 that. 50 quid season tickets yeah, or, around, or whatever it yeah. might be. Um, and one of the things we, you know, we've we've got to, we've had to deal with with EFL and and have to continue to deal with EFL is is cash flow projections that show that we are a viable business. And if you decimate the season ticket price, you you you're not going to balance the books. It's as simple as that. You, you might think you can do it on secondary spend, but you you can't you Guarantee can't put that it. in your projections. No. 
Mm, that's interesting. Um, so let's move on to the fans forum, Tim. That happened um, last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Yeah. Last Wednesday. Um, a kind of an invite-only event, I believe, just to make it a bit more manageable. Um, yeah. So everyone had, was it a rep from each uh, yeah, what we, sports what, group got a voice? I basically was tasked with trying to make it um, as as representative, representative it could be of, of the fan base. Um, the other uh, directors and uh, uh, Ben and Ian and, uh, and also Michael were quite keen that it, it wasn't a very large event on the basis that, they, that it was really about, <clears throat> it wasn't like a Q&A with the board, it was more a case of a Q&A with the fans. It was more about um, us putting ideas to a select group um, that, that that sort of rep- we felt could represent the fan base. Um, and and from there, helping us make our, you know, reach our decisions about things like season ticket prices. We, we I originally came up with a, an agenda of 12 items, which we then narrowed down to five. And I think we only got through three of the five as it was anyway. More importantly, um, the, the Seasiders podcast invite uh, representative invite must have been lost in the post, Nick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, funny, I, I was wondering. I, I just expected that we'd be there to record it. Actually, on the top table. Mm. But um, yeah, that wasn't forthcoming. So, so, something to bear in mind for the, the next post. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there was, a, there was a, like a, a decision made not for, no, for there to be no broadcasting of it. Um, How was it? Uh, because of various people, TKs wanted to broadcast it, and, um, uh, and somebody else did as well. I can't remember who it was now. Oh, um, um, Falcos Radio as well. So, but um, again, the, the view of the board was that it, that wasn't what it was about. This it, it wasn't. Mm. A f- whilst it was a label as a fans form, it was. I said it was more about getting feedback. So I had to come up with um, a mechanism for trying to make it as as. Um, uh, as representative as I could, as I could do, yeah. took the view that uh, each of the sort of three fans groups, as I would call them, um, BST, BSA, and the Muckers got basically eight each, um, and then allowed um, three for TKs, and then a couple for Yorkshire, um, Basel, and um, Chorley and Leyland, or Leyland and Chorley, even if we get it right the way around, and um, and that left me with about. 18 and I just I pulled that out to an open anybody yeah. could apply roughly 50% of those applied got on and the, I thought I thought the split was quite good we ended up with um, about um, 3 in 10 were attendees before the during the boycott mm. 7 7 tenths were and I think that's I get the impression that's rough Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Representative of what we've What's seen happened, in the crowd. Yeah, yeah we know we have, we, roughly we had 1,800, 2,000. I think there was 1,800 season tickets, um, uh, according to the ticket office beforehand. Um, and, you know, really, I think we've got six or 7,000 
hardcore, haven't we? Yeah. Probably seven at the moment. So I think that that roughly translated to the, the breakdown of who was there. Mm. So it wasn't it wasn't about selecting specific people, more about making sure it was that spread of different yeah. opinions. And, and it was important that you have different opinions in the room because having twenty people saying the same thing is of little value to the to the board. Yeah. Um, it's about hearing the, the pros and cons, and so we, we you know. I thought it worked well. I think the people there took things away from it, and we've got good. We, you know, the, the the club website and and the Gazette did a, a decent resume each. So you know, hopefully, when there's the next one, and there will be a next one, uh, other people get the opportunity. Because one of the things that has been said to me by Ben is, look, if we do this again, I want, I don't want the same fifty people here. I want, mm. I want you know, different people. So effectively, if you, if you went to this yeah, one, right, yeah. if you okay. went to this one, you'd be expected to stand aside and let somebody else have a go. So yeah. a podcast, like, you might, you might, you might get, a, you might get a seat. <laughs> you might get the gig. Top table this time. Definitely. Well, there'll be an empty space there <laughs> next week. So, what, what, so the three things that were discussed then, just briefly, presume season tickets. Yeah. Key takeaways, I presume. Yeah. yeah see, season tickets, season tickets was high on the agenda because obviously that's a decision that we can't leave to a new owner. We're going to have to make it. And uh, I think there was a recognition in the room that um, that, that prices were, were likely to have to go one way, um, and that was up slightly. We've got to get the balance right there. Um, the, the, sorry, sorry to butt in, Tim. There was just one thing that resonated with me when I was reading about it. The, the, the 60 to 65-year-old category should, mm. should expect um, concessions, but I don't really get that. So no, why um, why why if you're between sixty and sixty five yeah. do you get concessions? A you've got your gold plated pension. Exactly my point. Exactly <laughs> you're still working generally at that age. Uh, like Nick says, that a lot of pensioners are very well off. Um, so a lot aren't as well. And I get it. I think yeah. it, you, you're never going to please. Everybody it's not a charity. You know. You know. It's a business at the end and of the day. You've isn't got to it? look at it. Yeah, they're they're long serving fans. But then the flip is. If you can't then apply something at the other end, that's your next generation, isn't it? And you need people to, as a, if you're taking kids and all of a sudden a family season ticket is ridiculously expensive, mm. you're potentially turning away your next generation there. What, aren't what, you? what, what was said, and Michael took the lead on this really, was that, look, we will look at where we can offer concessions, but if we want to offer a concession at one particular age demographic. It's got to be the lower ones. And, and well, the, the but it's also, yeah. there's got to be a balance. You can't say, right, we're going to have uh, concessions board, yeah. here, concessions here, and, and concessions all over the place. One of the areas that um, we were quite keen at looking at is that is the age group between 16 and 21, where you, you've got the transition, I think, from kids who, who've had the parents pay to having to perhaps start paying mm. for themselves. Mm. And they, they, they're, they, at the moment, were in the full price bracket, and most certainly by the time they're 18, where they might still be at college, or if they are working, they're in a, generally in a relatively low-paid job at that age. So I think we want, we do as a, a board want to try and encourage that age group not to walk away or to mm. stop coming. Um, and you know, there the will be people when the price is announced who aren't happy with with the changes, and there'll be those who you know realise what we're trying to do and, mm. and what we've got to do. You know, we you know, looking that pitch, we've spoken about the pitch. If we're going to do something with the pitch, we've got to have the money in the bank to do it, and um, and there's payment plans as well, you know. Now, isn't there things like that? It doesn't have to be one lump sum necessarily. Yeah, that, does we're, it? we're most certainly looking at a payment option that will allow people to spread the payment over most of the year. And mm. you know, if you, if you look, you know, if you look, I mean, there, there was a sort of if if you if you if you look at a price point at three hundred pounds, for instance, 
if you if you then break that down game by game, you're paying about twelve pound a game. So someone's someone's just put in the chat should be sixty six as that's the new pension age. Yeah, that's actually a, not a bad benchmark to use, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, that's it, going up and up now, isn't it? I, mean, you, it, it? I said I would stress no foul decisions have been made, but if you look at Fleet, Fleetwood, if you look at Preston, and you look at Blackburn, which is there to be honest, it's the only three clubs I've had time to have a look at. None of them start the concessions at sixty; they're all sixty five. So um knock it on the head then. Yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see what we'll see what the final decisions are, but you know, I think um that that's that's an area where you know, you can always come up with with saying, Well, there are people of that age who haven't got a lot of money, but I think mm. if you, it's you, like, you can only look at the demographic. What what do you do? Do you means test it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and I think I think what we'll hopefully have is whichever whichever way the tickets go, you've got to bear in mind the concession is worth Fifty pounds a year, so mm. it's two quid a game. Um, uh, so if the concession's lost, it shouldn't be the end of the world to anybody because there's still the season ticket will still be good value for money. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, um, the final decisions, I think, will be made in the next week, and then we'll start the marketing campaign to get the thing rolling. So um, the the other Matt, the other um, areas that we we particularly looked at um, were um, um, which was actually this this one came towards the end. I'll, um, that's why I'm thinking of the other one. Um, was the the role of the SLO um, sports liaison officer, which has always been a bit of a tick box exercise at at, at Blackpool, mm. and um, I think I'm quite keen that it's something meaningful. Um, the view was that it should come from within the fan base, not from the club. So, if we got a, te- a temporary one at the moment, at the moment it's still Sarah in the ticket yeah. office, which is you know I think she'll admit it's a tick box exercise, yeah. just as it was with a, with a predecessor. Mark Ridgeway was the original, if you remember. Mm. Um, but I do think it's important. I do think it, it, it can be a meaningful role. And the view in the room was that perhaps there's a role that it should be more than one person. Yeah. Maybe somebody's the head of it. Head of it and is actually the sports liaison officer. But there was talk about having one for each stand, the home stands. Mm. So there's one in the south, one in the north, one in the west, and then and then maybe one for away fans. Because I always think quite like it on the forums when the away SLO comes on and tells you where to go. And yeah, it gives you a bit of an update of what to expect. Yeah, where, 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 to... where, where your best pub is yeah. and where to go to eat, where to go and get fish and chips. And that can all be about trying to tie in with getting people to spend money mm. in our local businesses near the ground. So... Um, I think I think there's a, a great opportunity there, and, and and but we'd only really want one person to be coming and liaising with the board because otherwise it, it becomes a bit of a yeah. even with the fifty in the room. To be honest, it was arguably twice as many as you really needed, mm. but you don't want to try and you don't want to, to, to limit limit things too much. You could you could possibly have one from each age group, possibly um, like a junior C side, one a teenager, mm. a, a regular payer, uh, and then you know one of the concession payers that might be. a a good uh, avenue to have a you know an SLO in each one of those categories. Yeah, yeah. So the way of looking at it, again, it's it's one of those where we're probably going to because um, it's, it's realistically going to be for the start of next season. Um, it's, it's to put it out to the fans groups to to give us more feedback. Uh, we basically sent them away to have a think about that, and uh, and we'll see what comes out of it. And the other main item that we um, we focused on was that stadium configuration, sort of about how how we want to see. Where, where we want to see home fans and where we want to see the away fans. Mm. So there was, um, I think it, it was a fairly um, unanimous that um, home fans should be given the whole whole the north back. I think, yeah. I think I think the idea of getting home fans behind each goal, so you're never giving the away team an advantage there, yeah, is, definitely. Is, is definitely worth looking at. And then the, the probably where there was the most debate was um, was where you, you cite the away fans if you put them in the east because 
the logical place when you first think about it is to put them in the south because it's got the better facilities. Mm. But there is a, there's a number of reasons why you might not want to do that. From uh, the muckers' perspective particularly, they wanted the away fans close to them because they feel that they bounce off, the atmosphere bounces off yeah. the home fans and the away fans' interaction. Uh, hopefully not, not not with things being thrown. <laughs> but but, but they'll never reach us with a smoke. They were bouncing off each other after Plymouth, <laughs> weren't they? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, but but in all seriousness, yeah, I think there's something in that. But perhaps when you when you actually look at it in a little bit more detail, one one of the big problems um, we would have if we actually do in the long term put the um, away fans in the south part of the east, which was mine. That's why I initially thought they should go. Is that you're actually going to block off a load of seats that. Um, or all around the entrance. So as they come in off um, Bloomfield Road near the side of the hotel, mm. the entrance that they walk into the ground, the, um, uh, the the tunnel they come in through, is actually surrounded by home seats. Now, when we when we had the uh, away fans in there in the Premiership, which is only a year they're in there, that that area seating wasn't in. If you remember, it ended. Do you mean, do you mean the southeast seats? They'll yeah, be able to walk past Blackpool fans. Effectively, right, under okay. Rollies, under the bit under can't, Rollies. Can't you just give them all that then? Well, you could, but then you're giving you're, you're giving out you're giving three thousand away away seats. What just the corner bit? Do you mean? No. So if if they go into the southeast yeah. with the two thousand or whatever it is that's in in that area, yeah. their entrance isn't in actually in the southeast section. It's in the um, when I say the southeast, I mean the south part of the east, it's actually in that corner section, which is which is technically home fans. Ah, right. So okay. you would lose all that. You'd have to leave that empty. So you, even if you had 300 away fans, you'd have to leave all that empty. And if we had a big game and we, we wanted to try and fill the stadium, we would lose about a good 500 seats around there, right. if not 1,000, um, yeah. which we don't want to do. Um, you want to keep that option open because it would be... If you configurate it wrong and it means you can never have a 16,000 crowd, then mm. you're not doing your job properly. Not a problem at the moment, though, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> next, next season, season with yeah. the, you know... As long as we don't get a 12-point deduction. The promotion push up to the championship. <laughs> and yeah. like you say, you don't want to be in a position where you've then got to try and reverse it all. Yeah. So what's the solution then, Tim? What's the thinking? The, solu- the solution possibly is, is to... I mean, bearing in mind, obviously, other than the premiership year... The way fans were, and, and recently, the way fans were always housed in the um, in, in, in the north part of the east. What I think we need to do is look at better provision for them, because at the moment, the toilet facilities and the refreshment facilities are inadequate. Yeah, so, they literally take the piss, don't they? So if we, if we do do any capital works over the summer, other than the pitch, it might be looking at how we make it appropriate. Slightly less shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, have toilets would be, good, would be a good start that actually function properly. And um, you know, and a proper and a proper chaos. It. It's not. We're not talking yeah. major um, a major development. We're talking about something that just just makes it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you actually want to make some money out of the uh, away fans being in there yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, you want to yeah. sell stuff to them, and and if you haven't got a proper provision in there, and you've got two and a half thousand away fans turning up to a game, is it still? It's still temporary, effectively, isn't it? Most of the the whole of it is yeah. The stand. So there's, there's a do you still rent it. <sighs> Pass. Is we did it, initially, didn't we? Yeah. I'm sure, we rented it initially when it was yeah. first done. It must be written down to nil by now, though, mm. in the in the in the balance sheet of whoever rented it. I don't, to I don't us think it was, wasn't it? Was it? We buy, it was like one and a half million. I was seem it? To, I seem to remember that figure in my head. Yeah, but I think they did rent that golf stand, the initial one. Right, Gene Kelly, thinking of that. Uh, the, I mean, most certainly all the piling was done underneath it, and that, mm. that's there for the future if there is any. Oh, has that been done? Has it? Oh, uh, right, okay. Well, I said I was speaking to that seaside lead the other day, and and. Uh, we were saying we were talking back to the 2010 when Sados like us were going down with our sandwiches to watch the piling at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's a bit geeky, but um, you know, when you we, we were at the time, obviously interesting to go along every day and see how it's going on. And yeah. they definitely piled it, and they spent quite a long time piling it. I think we were always told at the time that it was a temporary stand that could be converted in the future. Yeah. Whether it's been done well enough for that to, to actually that. happen or not, mm. well, it remains to be seen. But if the piling's been done, you should you should be able in to. In theory, you, you've still got an access problem around the back at the That's moment. That's it. It's very tight, isn't it? If you're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. So. Um, uh, it, it's 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 one of those. Um, again, we won't be doing anything o- other than maybe making, if we decide to configure it the way that we spoke about the forum, make sure that we've actually got, um, you know, proper away provision so that mm. a we make the most of the money and, and secondly that we're not treating the away fans. Uh, in a way that we wouldn't want to be treated at no way ground ourselves. We, yeah. we used to be treated like that in the scratching sheds, don't we? It was just a wall that you pissed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so let's move on to a bit of news. So there's the EFL hearing I've got here is on the 11th of April. Is that correct? Yeah, next Thursday. Is that, is, is that the actual decision? Yeah, or well, that, that's it, what, what happens, as I understand it, is we, we've... As I understand it now, we've we put all our representations in. It's something I've taken a little bit more of a back seat on. Um, it was originally suggested I went to the meeting with the AFL, but I, I reminded them that I'd cross-examined Sean Harvey uh, on the <laughs> owners and directors <laughs> test. So um, perhaps on balance, I was, I was best just to you know hand that one over. So we, we've we've provided the AFL with all the information that they've asked for. Um, the the focus very much is on upon demonstrating that we are financially viable um that oh, we've got our, ma- our sums right and that we're not going to run out of money and stop paying players and stop paying trade creditors um i'd like to think that if we if we're able to do that that we're going to get a sympathetic ear next week um it'd be disappointing if we get that deduction after mm. all we've been through um there'll be uproar there was some confusion because there was um there was a suggestion that if if we didn't get it by last Thursday, which was the last Thursday in March, that the deduction will be next season. But we got the, the EFL did clarify it would definitely be this year. Um, It'd be sort of if that's the case, then it'll be if it is to happen, it'll be best if it happens this season, won't it? Because we can still avoid relegation. Well, yeah. it is going to happen this season, isn't it? What it no, definitely, well, definitely, definitely, no, we've had that. So this, this for me, this this three this three tables, this three alternatives. I think we're only three points above the drop zone. And when you bear in mind, we're at Luton on Saturday. Do you think they're waiting to see if we get enough points that <laughs> well, it the, won't make any difference? I, I, we think we think the decision will be... And what, what, we've had, what we're having to wait for, because um, our last set of information only went in on Monday, Tuesday of last week. What we're waiting for now is, is the next EFL meet. And, and right. it's, the, it's effectively the, the owners, uh, I think it's the ones who are on the management committee, who uh, I think actually make the decision um, there's three options. Uh, give us the deduction, which has to be 12 points. It can't be any anything mm. less than that. It's 12 points or nothing. Um, so what did Bir- Birmingham got? Nine, wasn't Yeah, it? but that was for that financial, financial fair play. Fair I think play there's more discretion as to... Right, different set the, the rules specifically say 12 points for an insolvency event. Yeah. Um, so there's three options. that We get the deduction. Obviously, at the moment, that we're just above the relegation yeah. Three zone. points will be off the drop, but it's like one... There's, 42 is the team that's in third from bottom, and then there's five points separating them from 14th. Right. So even Plymouth could go down. So, yeah. so it's very it's tight, quite isn't it, for that middle bit. Yeah. And uh, the second option is that we don't, which is obviously the preferred solution and what we've been working to achieve. I think there is a third option, which is that the points deductions applied but then suspended. 
So what they might say is, um, if you something happens in the if future, you, yeah, if you actually demonstrate that nobody is going to lose any money over the next twelve months, then the du- deduction won't be applied. But if 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 there is a problem, then we'll we reserve the right to do it next season. I think that will. My gut tells me they'll do that. Mm. Or a fourth option where they say your owner's been absolute bastards. <laughs> we'll give you twelve points. <laughs> And there's a pig flying across the sky, and it looks a bit like the, Sean the, Harvey. The pool are going up. Happy days. <laughs> yeah. No, um, that that would that would be in um, that, that that would be amazing, wouldn't it? But unfortunately, I think we're still with the three. <laughs> yeah. Option five: storm the offices of the EFL in Preston. Mm. <laughs> Can't say with a board member here, can we? Right, I'll just reach over and um, move on to the next talking point, which is. Uh, there's been at least 59 expressions of interest to buy Blackpool, according to the BBC. Blackpool's receivers have received at least 59 expressions of interest to buy a League One club. The receivers have appointed a financial company to assist them with the initial task of filtering through the expressions of interest pending further investigation. It's not known, not known how long this process will take. Could you or are you, or are you in a position to shed any light on that? I don't know who all the 59 are. I mean, um, there are various interested parties who initially made contact with me, um, either because they've been directed my way by somebody else or just because they saw a route through the interim board as the way to go. Um, I mean, what we have to do is, in simple terms, yeah, you can give some general information to somebody about what the situation is, which I've done with a couple um, but we have to send them on to the receiver and, and the receiver's obviously appointed um, a, a company to assist him both with the sale of the football club itself and then separately with the other assets that are in the receivership that you wouldn't describe as, as, as football related. So um, I'm, I, I don't think the whole lot has to be sold uh, as a block, you know, so you don't have to buy everything that was in formerly in Suggester. But I don't think there's any consideration being given to selling the ground and the football club and or the Squires Gate separately I think they'll probably go as a package um, with the travel lodge maybe being sold separately um, so names Tim I want names come on um, unfortunately um, <laughs> that, those the, the, I know I, I think I, are there I, any that have made you think oh I hope it's them I would so <laughs> I, I, I would say I know about five out of the 59 what you know them personally or you've heard of them uh, no I well, I know who they are or I've got an inkling as to who they are um, but so no one's actually shown the hand have they they're saying is it like representatives no, of, the, uh, the, the, one, the ones I mean I've had one or two representatives approach me who are middlemen for um, uh, mainly consortiums I would say um, uh, who've 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 and I've obviously had to point them down to London to Paul Cooper's office. Uh, and then there is a couple of others that, have been, to be fair, uh, have been about for a while. Because um, that, that, you bear in mind, BST have spoken to various prospective mm. purchasers over, mm. over the last 12 months. And so you're aware of um, two or three, whether they're all still interested, whether they're part of the 59, I, I don't really know. I mean, I think, what, I think the receiver's first task, because um, I believe... That, um, the, the, the information will become available next week for those who are interested. But And I'm, I'm speculating, but I can imagine that the first thing the receiver will do is to try and whittle down that 59 yeah, to a manageable number. Yeah, you can have some that number. you can probably get rid of quite quickly, I would have yeah, thought. Well, you, you've, I think you've got to be satisfied. I, I would guess, and I'm guessing, that the receiver's already been to the EFL and said, 
what what is the criteria? Mm. It doesn't seem to be uh, particularly high in some cases. <laughs> the answer to that was anyone, no matter what you've done, um, you can hold a football. But um, uh, you know, you would think that they would be looking to establish the the criteria because as you, if you're a new owner into the game, you've got to actually demonstrate that you can operate the football club for the next twelve months. So um, you think the receiver would begin would be getting some guidance from the EFL as regards. What what would be needed, and so there might be certain people in that fifty nine then, or certain organisations or consortium in that fifty nine where he's not satisfied that the, the, they'll pass the test. Mm. If he's not satisfied that they'll pass the test, then you would think that they might be they might not make the cut. But it's pure speculation. He might take all fifty nine expressions of interest on the merits, and and let them bid and see, and and then ask for proof of funds later down the line. Mm. Did, the, did the EFL offer Carl Oyston as a? Uh, mentor, like they did to the Port Vale chairman. Uh, they have been out did to. They, they have been to explain <laughs> themselves this week over that one, haven't they? I think the explanation was that the time he was offered as a mentor, um, it was before all the problems started. Um, at, Port know. Vale club in crisis. Funny that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, BST went to see them. Was it last Thursday? I think uh, yeah, they went I saw down the to their meeting yeah. and uh, uh, went down effectively. It's, it's rather bizarre. We've had the. The ex Blackpool chairman mentoring the chairman, and we've we've got the BST mentoring the new supporters <laughs> trust. Yeah. What a delicious irony! Another too. delicious irony. <laughs> David Haythornthwaite's obviously not one that's thrown his hat in the ring. So something in the Gazette. Don't know if anyone saw it last week. He's basically said, um, you know, he's not interested. He's fully focused on AFC files. So. Right. Well, what I expect him to say, really. Yeah. Well, you know, I think he's... Uh... And to be fair, I think David is. I mean, you know, the, the, the development that's gone on around AFC filed with the um, uh, with the garage and the Aldi and whatever, which I think is... Garage? Uh, well, no. uh, petrol station. <laughs> and, no and, garage around here, ain't it? <laughs> you know. uh, so we're... Um, <laughs> we're... we're <laughs> We, we're, um, I think, I think he's committed to what he's doing now, yeah. and uh, you know he's got his own plan. Um, he's got he's got his own business model for doing it, um, and um, you know I think his his date to buy Blackpool was probably twenty years ago when when real progress was knocking around yeah. and um, before Valeri Belicon came on the scene. Um, so I think that was the last time he was he made a sort of concerted effort to, mm. to purchase the club. It was just before Valeri joined. Uh, uh, join the Oysters. So, yeah, in, in truth, I don't expect him to be on that list. I mean, if he is, um, it would surprise me. But um, the receiver will, will, will um, I think, keep com- his own confidence there in relation to who's on that, who's on that list. And we'll, we'll hopefully see nearer the time. Maybe some people come out and say publicly, like Paul Stewart did, albeit without going mm. into details to who's in the, con- in the consortium. Mm. Has a receiver actually got like a list then? Do you think he's got like a physical list, like an Excel spreadsheet? A little black, a little black, black book. Yeah, he's probably. He's, I mean, what what we <laughs> think, it. What will probably happen <laughs> is that they'll they'll create like um, uh, a data room where they'll, they'll put the inf- the information that's going to be available to the prospective purchasers. So, what for anybody who doesn't know what data room is? That, that's essentially where. Um, you know, it's it's an online resource where you're so being with a load of hard drives in it, and it'll be given it'll be given a, it'll be password protected, and you'll have certain information about cash yeah. flows and, uh, and and asset values of things that have been valued. So, if there's a stadium valuation, you'll have details of the rents being paid by the commercial tenants. Um, you'll have details of what players' contracts are, um, what what project revenue projections are based upon certain numbers of season tickets being sold and things of that nature. 
Um, but that I can't see him giving that. Personally, I wouldn't think he'd give that to all 59. I think he'd do that after the whittling down process, yeah, you would think. But, you'd think so, yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out and whether we see people uh, make public um, uh, their interest or whether everybody keeps the cards close to the chest. I think that if we're in the first phase, I'm expecting cards to be kept mm. close to the chest. Well, what we might see is, do you remember, you know, when, when we were in the transfer window when you used to have um, all the stuff on AVFTT with those car registration plates? Yeah, yeah. I've seen um, at Bloomfield Road. Yeah, so I, can, I, I think there could be some sports we had on the forums. Yeah. Andy um, Pilly might rock up again in his uh, <laughs> Bentley, is it? Just play uh, yeah. a few tricks on people. Yeah. <laughs> right, we've got um, five minutes left, so let's start to wrap things up. So who do we play on Saturday, is it? Peter, Peter. Luton away, and Luton. then Peterborough home. Oh I God, is it Luton away? Mm. So they've got to lose down, sometime, well, isn't it? Um, the, the, uh, I think they've, you've got to buy a ticket in advance, because yeah. all the unsold ones are going back. and They're going to sell them to Luton. So, well, last time we played there, we went with very low expectations and turned them over, didn't we? With Mark Cullen in the yeah. in the runoff. I've never been actually. I'm, I'm going. Oh, this, I'm going this Saturday. I've not, it's one of the few grounds I've not been to, so I'm going to make an effort and get down there. It's hilarious the away end. Um, if you you probably won't be going in by the uh, away terraces, obviously Tim. Uh, now you're in, operating in higher circles, but the away end is a, a terraced house. So the away terrace, so entrance to the terraces, is um, the bottom row of a terraced house that's been knocked through, mm. and the top half is still someone's like kind of flat above yeah. the turnstiles. And you go up through these makeshift steps, and you, you you're in someone's like backyard. You know, two up, two down terrace. Yeah. And you can like see people's like washing underpants, smalls, bras. <laughs> it's most it's the most bizarre thing. I take it you've never been there. No, but I know. No, about yeah, it. it's yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, got a sort of a rustic charm. But as for the game itself, tough task. Yeah. yeah, but then again, Blackpool have gone to Portsmouth and and won, and we've got a Sunderland. good result up at Sunderland. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So if anything, we tend to raise our game um, when we're playing a team, but they are. You know that they, they, they are the standout team in the division this season, aren't they? And it's going to be tough ask. Just as I think the um, the Barnsley away game will be tough ask. So if we take, for me, if we take any points out of those two, it'd be pleasing. And we've got to look. For me, we've got to look at our other games, and that's where we've got more realistic chance of getting some points. Mm. Well, I think the, the the key things, obviously, the the EFL decision, and we can kind of take things from there. So it's just trying to get as many points on the board as we can. Um, so after the Luton game, we've got. Peterborough at home. Is that the following Saturday? That's a week on Saturday. There's no Tuesday night game, is there? No, so that was the last one. So we've got um, got Peterborough uh, and then we've got the Fleetwood game on the Easter Monday. We've got got Scunthorpe on on, uh, on, uh, Good Friday, haven't we? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, And um, and then we've got got Fleetwood, um, which hopefully we're going to have a decent crowd for that. uh, I wonder if Andy Pelly's paid for all our fans to go again. The the, the 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 tram stop derby. Um, yes. They've not sold many tickets, have they, thus far? So um, four hundred, four or five hundred, I think. But it's equally, it's still three weeks off, and yeah, you know, I, even, I wouldn't be getting mine for their no, three weeks true, in advance, true. probably. Just... So I think I think they bought fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred last time. So I, I'm expecting similar from from them, to be honest. Um, they'll, they'll be loud. Um, they are going to be in the south part of the east, so. Um, you know, hopefully we can see a, a five-figure crowd for that one. Um, I'd like to think we could get eleven, twelve thousand, maybe. Um, it'll be interesting, and um, you know, it'd be nice to get one over. Um, to be honest, we've actually got quite a good record against Fleetwood, but it's but they've never beaten us at Bloomfield Road, have they? And in fact, they'd only just beaten us first first time ever this yeah, season away. Yeah, but we, whether whether 
I mean, I think one week, year they came, they, they absolutely battered us and we, and we sc- they Last scored minute. our goal, didn't they? Yeah. We didn't have a shot on goal, but still won. Yeah. By our own goal. So, but hopefully, hopefully we can give a good account of ourselves. And we, to be honest, I think we, we, we um, the, the, the team owe, owe a good home performance, don't they? Because they, they've yeah. shown it away. And yeah. so anybody who travels away since. Do you think they may be a bit nervous at home with. I just think the, the crowd's pitch. going up or the just pitch. the pitch. I think it's the pitch. Yeah. I think it's the pitch because they, they seem to thrive. You know, even when they've gone away, they've thrived on the on the support they've had mm. from the crowd. Mm. Um, and uh, it'd be nice. I, I think that the, the experience on, of the three home games has been saved somewhat by those last minute goals Definitely. because you've had a massive outpour of, yeah. of emotion. But we'd have would have come away a bit flat if yeah. we'd lost them both, wouldn't we? So definitely, we just need to cut out the silly mistakes and right. hopefully. Um, uh, and hopefully make sure we get, we pick up a few th- three points in, yeah. in those three games we've got left. Right, yeah, fingers crossed. So, um, yeah, we're on an hour. So going to knock, knock it on the head now. Uh, we were going to talk about Holloway being a dick, but um, he's <laughs> a dick now in my box. Uh, well, I'm, so not, I'm, I'm not going to see him when he's at the, the, the later. No. It's when he said the men in orange for me that I yeah. just... Uh, Sticking up for Carl Oyston, but yeah, anyway. Right, um, so we'll come back in another couple of weeks' time, I think. Um, I was going to do a few YouTube questions. Sorry, people on the live stream, not got time now. So all around to be said is thanks for downloading, thanks for listening, and up the pool, out the EFL. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.